We're two self-care experts, a massage therapist, and a licensed professional counselor, husband and wife, and parents of three, business owners and working professionals, who have intimate experience with stress both professionally and personally. Our podcast aims to teach the everyday professional how to live through the stresses in life while learning to be their best in life. What's up, good people? I know this is not our normal Sunday night routine, but we didn't want to come to you Sunday on Super Bowl Sunday because we didn't think we would have an audience. (laughs) Even though I didn't watch the Super Bowl, and from what I'm hearing, a lot of people didn't. Mm. And maybe we should have just did it anyway, but hey, we're here now. It's Thursday night. Hopefully, you guys are here with us. We have a very interesting topic. Yes. And so... You know, when we um, come live to you guys, we also record our podcast. And so we do the both both of them um, simultaneously. So if you hear us pausing in the middle of our discussion, that's because I'm also recording our podcast. So let me start off by introducing myself. I am Tiffany Story. And this is... My name is Lamar Story, the host with the most. Thank you guys for coming out tonight with us. Being here with us, we like to make this interactive, so we like to have a discussion with you all. You know, let's talk. Let's um, let's go back and forth with this thing. You know, we want to educate you. We bring in, um, we do our research. So we go and find articles related to the topic. Some of it is our opinion. It's a good mix of opinion and research. And we just try to uh, have a good conversation with you guys. So hopefully, this will be an entertaining conversation tonight. Um, uh, educational conversation tonight, and um, what ult- our ultimate goal is that we want to see, we want to see people stay together. We want to see people um, love together. We want to see people communicating more often. And our goal is to help you through that process to live through the stressors. Because what I've learned in dating and marriage is that we all seem to go through the same things. Right, like we went on a uh, a cruise, not a cruise. We went to a um, a couples retreat one time. <laughs> uh, we got invited to a couples retreat. Right, we only knew one couple. I think it was ten or eleven couples. Something like somebody, yeah, somebody, you know, it was like more like eight. Somebody didn't show up, and they was like, "Hey, we need another couple." So we went, had a great time. We stayed at this. Uh, we stayed at these these houses somewhere, but with the other couples and it was awesome. But what we also realized is that we didn't know these strangers. We only knew one couple. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And that's love right there. <laughs> and um, we all going through the same exact things at different times of our life. Yeah. So I think it's just all about coming together finding the, that uh that platform, that uh, social environment where you can feel free and open and talk with people, and yeah. Make sure to turn on your um, comments for your Facebook page. Oh, I know. I don't know, but you remember you had to do something last time so we okay. can be able to see people's comments. Um, so let's get into the topic. Um, we've kind of been doing our homework separately, and it's been a real busy day for myself. So. Um, Hopefully, we end up somewhere meeting in the middle. But I want to start by talking about um, 
issues that really disrupt a relationship or a marriage when it comes to sexual dissatisfaction. And many of us don't recognize how often um, sexual dissatisfaction um, and intimacy or sexual satisfaction and intimacy kind of go hand in hand. And so we are not coming to you um, portraying ourselves as any type of professionals. We've been married for a long time. This ain't about us. How long have we been married? We've been married for 15 years. What? Yes, 15 We're years. We're too young for that. Oh, yes. We're too young for that. <laughs> and so, um, <laughs> by no means are we saying, hey, these are our issues. By no means are we saying these are the things that you got to do or we're, you know, professionals uh, when it comes to specifically sex and intimacy. But what we are saying is we're human um, and both of us deal with people uh, and oftentimes we have conversations surrounding sexual dissatisfaction as well as the lack of intimacy. So that's what we're talking about today. So I want to get into seven things that I found um, can disrupt a relationship or a marriage in regards to sexual dissatisfaction. The first one is... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold okay. on. Okay. What is sexual dissatisfaction? I think we need to like kind of define that for our audience. Okay. Because I think I think people will have different examples or definitions of what sexual dissatisfaction. Okay, but define it. <clears throat> or sexual distress. So we've also seen it called sexual distress, right? So I think um, so. What we did find in the research is that that's a common issue. Defining what sexual distress or sexual dissatisfaction is, because I personally believe it's going to be different. It is different. For, you know, there are some commonalities, but I think it's going to be different when you think about different relationships, uh -huh. right? So, one of the things that we found in psychology today is that sexual distress or sexual dissatisfaction um, is personal sexual well-being, right? So, there's two factors. You got personal sexual well-being. Uh -huh. Then you have dyadic processes. Dyadic processes means... It's basically a big term that says um, the interaction between two people. Yeah. Right? So you can break those down into two categories. It is, never mind. Go ahead. She want to correct me so bad. What is it? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so what I found interesting, though, is that when you think about sexual dissatisfaction, the first thing I think about in my head or that the first subject that comes to me is like, okay, when it comes to a man, maybe he's not big enough, wide enough, or whatever for his mate, mm -hmm. right? When it comes to a woman, maybe she's just somebody that just lays there and is not doing anything, right? So one of the things I found in my research is that sexual satisfaction is more than more about, it's more than about the, or, the orgasm, right? The finish. It's all about having positive feelings during sex. You know, so when I say positive feelings, it's about, is there a mutual attraction between you and your sexual partner, your spouse or your, your girlfriend, boyfriend or whatever? Is there a mutual affection, right? Or is it, are both of you excited to have sex? You know what I'm saying? So a lot of times, and we hear these stories that people just 
it becomes a routine thing, uh-huh. right? There's no foreplay. There's no somebody wants to have sex and then they just kind of engage and somebody might not be in there at that moment at the time. Now, it may during sex, it may turn out all right. But at that moment, their mind is not really there. Mm-hmm. They're not really engaged. Um, do you desire your partner? So you like, kind of going into some of the same things that I was about to go into. Okay. <laughs> but it. but it's, it's about... But I want to I want to go back to what you just said. Basically, sexual dissatisfaction is really a lot of times not even um, it, it it doesn't even pertain to the act of intercourse or the physical act of sex. A lot of times, sexual dissatisfaction is really centered around two people's emotional and mental experience and their engagement um, and interaction with one another. It has nothing to do a lot of times with the actual physical performance. The physical performance follows the emotional and mental dissatisfaction. And sometimes it does, though. Mm -hmm. So that's true. But on the other hand, sometimes it does have something to do. And that's where the personal sexual well-being, like, are you sexually healthy? Are you experiencing erectile dysfunction? Um, Are you experiencing dryness? Are you just not in a place where you ever think about sex? Like, I had one of my clients tell me, like, I don't, she said, I don't have to have sex for the rest of my life. And that blew my mind. Mm -hmm. I was like, what's going on? Like, who do I need to get you to talk to? Because that's not okay. <laughs> you he know what I mean? Have sex. Yes, I want you to have sex. I want all of y'all to have sex. <laughs> sex makes the world go round. It's all love. <laughs> well, what I found interesting is when I was really looking at um, sexual dissatisfaction, um, I found a lot talking about people who are in sexless relationships. And what was really interesting to me is when we hear the word sexless marriages or sexless relationships, oftentimes we think about people just not having sex. But a sexless marriage could also be a marriage where you're engaging in sex or it's defined as you engaging in sex less than 10 times a year. Mm-hmm. And so... I thought that was really interesting because even if you're sexually active with your mate, if it's less than 10 times a year, you're considered in a sexless relationship or marriage. Um, Four said physical is just one of four types of intimacy. You have the spiritual, emotional, and mental. Um, what up? What, what, up? Up? what, what up, up, boss? What up, Four? <laughs> um, but yeah, he's he's... He's telling the truth there because that's, that that goes back into what Tiffany was saying. It's all about your interaction, period. It's not about just that moment. Like Ford said, that's the physical aspect. Mm-hmm. But do you have that that intimacy on a daily basis, right? Are you What are you doing to lead up to the sexual act when you want to actually do it? It could be days. It could not, you know, it doesn't have to be just that day. But what, do you, what have you done that week? Yeah. You know, do they look at you? Do do you desire your partner when they're not around you? Do you think about them? So I want to point out some, I, I want to get back to my list and point out some things that I found that lead to sexual dissatisfaction. And then we're going to really talk about this because me and Lamar had some interesting conversations with interesting people. We've had interesting conversations with each other about sexual dissatisfaction. But the common thing that, that um, I found when I was like just doing my homework for the podcast is... A lot of people who feel find themselves sexually dissatisfied and whose relationship or marriage is in jeopardy is because one, um, either 
the marriage is a sexless, sexless relationship, meaning that they're either not having sex or they're having sex less than 10 times a year. Um, one of the partner, one of the partners in a relationship or the marriage doesn't feel desirable. And that's especially important for women. Yeah, um, yeah. A breakdown in intimacy after there's been an affair. So we kind of talked about that for the last two weeks. If you haven't checked out our podcast on uh, rebuilding trust after um, after infidelity or is it really worth it? But you know what? I want to add to that. Because I think sometimes just being mad at your partner for something else. You know what I'm saying? It brings about a lack of interest. Something that happened to the in the past. I'm getting to that, man. I'm oh, getting to that. <laughs> Let me finish this list. <laughs> a breakdown in intimacy after affair. No physical attraction. Physical barriers to sex become mm-hmm. a scapegoat. Fetishes are laughed off. And a desire discrepancy. And a desire discrepancy means one partner has more of a desire than the other. But another common theme is... Um, when you are, um, like you said, mad about something else, you're not in a good place emotionally in the marriage. Go ahead. Go ahead. And so what I've learned about the five love languages, um, is that sometimes you're not speaking the, the, the language of your partner, right? Now, some people might not know what the five love languages are. Well, break it down then. How he gonna mention something then? Tell me to break it down. So, <laughs> so for those of you who, who are not familiar with um the five love languages um basically it's what it says is that there are people experience love in a different way and so uh, i can't remember the author's name right now but you can google the book the five love languages and so those love languages um are uh gift gift giving um touch physical touch um words of affirmation quality time and acts of service those are the five major love languages that this particular arthur found when he did his research on the way that people uh perceive or experience love okay so there's an app called love nudge so we've we've um we've been in a group with and some of you may know especially if you're local with uh my bella well me bella wellness center with dr mia dr mia and joseph brown they have a, a couples uh, thing that they do over Zoom, and it's very fantastic. They read different books, Five Love Languages being one of them, and now they're reading. You remember the new book? Um, you now you speak in my language. Now you speak in my language. Yeah. But, now we've only we've only been able to attend a group one time because we came in towards the end of the end yeah. of the book. But we coming back, guys, y'all. We just waiting on y'all to wrap up that book so we can be on the same page. But they they taught us about an app called Love Nudge, so. If you want to learn your partner's love language, download the app Love Nudge. I'll put it in the comments here in a minute. But download the app Love Nudge. Invite your partner to the app. It's going to ask you a series, I think, of like 36 questions or something like that to figure out what your love language is. And in that app, you can actually do, when you find out what their love language is, you can do things for them that speaks to their love language. And it can be on your phone. Like one of the things I put in my phone was to... Her thing is acts of service. So I made her breakfast in bed one day. But you can put it in the Love Nudge app and it'll actually remind you, hey, you need to be making breakfast in bed this morning. You know what I mean? So little things like that. Come on, uh, Joseph and Mia, thank you. <laughs> yes, come on and join us. Uh, Tanisha, Tanisha and Clem. Let, let Joseph and Mia know that you want to um, 
join the, the it's a actually a small group. It's something that they do, I think, as a part of their church ministry. Yes, Love Nudge. That's the correct app. Yes, Love Nudge. And I guys I also when you're on your app store, also download Ultimate Intimacy and we'll talk about that later. So getting back to what you were saying about the love languages though. Yeah, so sometimes when you're not speaking the love language of your partner, they don't feel appreciated. They don't feel seen. They don't feel um, like you appreciate them. That can all lead to sexual dissatisfaction or not being in a mindset to even want to have sex at all. So let's just really get down to the nitty gritty what some of y'all really want to talk about. Yeah. Um. So Lamar and I uh, were having a conversation about a conversation he had um, about someone basically being in a relationship where they were sexually dissatisfied. And one of the things that I also found that happens sometimes in a relationship when people are sexually dissatisfied is they cheat on their partner. Um, and so sometimes people can find, find themselves in a dilemma where you can either be in a marriage or a relationship where you're hot, you know, you're really in love with someone. They're a great person. They make you feel special. They do all the things. They even talk your love language. But sometimes it can be one of those situations where you're not sexually dissatisfied because either the sex is bad or like you said, like you don't feel like the man's parts add up to your expectation. His parts. His parts. I'm trying to I'm trying to be modest. Don't be trying to laugh. His love nudge. His love nudge. <laughs> His love nudge ain't nudging. Okay. So we were kind of talking about it because it's really funny because when I was listening to him, like his thought process as we was having this conversation, one of the things that I pointed out was I think sometimes what people run into is when you've had too many intimate partners, you that person is competing with the ghosts and or the skeletons in your closet. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because if That's you deep. Yeah, they competing. Because a lot of times there are people that you can have just really good physical chemistry with. It's just all pheromones and lust and energy, and that could create a really explosive experience. But what I thought was interesting in this conversation, it wasn't that the person was necessarily dissatisfied with the physical act so much itself. You know what I'm saying? It was like... The thing was, hey, I've actually been able to get mine. I've been able to orgasm, but I'm not I'm not satisfied with this person. And when you really think about what causes a person to orgasm is really deeper than just a physical act. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, how do you get to a place where you orgasm, but you're not satisfied with the person's parts? And we also have to remember it's deeper than orgasm. Mm -hmm. So they found, I forget the percentage, I forgot to write it down, but more women are actually satisfied with the experience. That's because many women more, don't have an orgasm. More than the orgasm. So defining the experience for your mate can actually uh, heighten that sexual um, in interchange. But in this particular conversation, what Tiffany is talking about, what do you do? And I'm asking some of the women out there, what do you do? And men. Feedback and and men. What do you do when you believe that your partner's love nudge is not as big as you would like? 
love nudge, love nut, love whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so what do you do, right? So that was one of the questions that we were asked. And actually what we found is that I don't know, and we talked about this in, in previous podcasts. We think that a lot of these X-rated shows and movies have kind of tainted tainted what sex is really about, right? And we don't know if people, we like to bring out numbers and facts, right? Do you know what the average penis size is? No. Who Googles that? You don't that? know that? No. Do you? I didn't know it until I was doing this research. <laughs> I'm like, so, so I, obviously he's been Googling sizes. That's so, an awkward thing to Google. No, I was actually, <laughs> we were actually doing research for this program. But for that particular question, okay. I found that the average penis size is five to six and a half inches, right? Now, of course, they said, I think... Um, kids, only, cover y'all ears now. If y'all got kids in the room, we, t- we talk about grown folks. I think they said one in 100 may be above that. One in 100 people may be above that. And then, of course, you have people that are below that, right? But they also oh, five. No. Tanisha said five. <laughs> five, girl. Five. Um, but then you have some people that are below that. So then what do you do if you find yourself in a situation where you're in love with your partner? But they less um, than a five. They less than a five. Right? Like a so what do you two. actually do? So I do have some tips first on what not to do. Okay. All right. So I have seven tips. Come with it. Um, If you're the partner of someone who's less than a five of what not to do. Right. Uh, the first thing you do. So this is the person, the woman in a relationship. Yeah. Okay. So if you're less than a five, you want to be realistic about the situation. And this is where open communication is very important when it comes to sexual satisfaction. Oh, so you talking about the man. Like if you ain't packing, this is what, what you should not do. No, this is what the woman should not do. But it's, it's kind of both though, because okay. both men know if they're not packing. Do they though? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I would think so. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you don't have, you know, what it takes, then I think me I and guess, I guess, too, it's helpful if you done been in some naked locker rooms or you done had some, you done tangled a few times. You done, you know, bump bellies. <laughs> Come on. Bump bellies? All right, the first thing is... As a woman, you don't want to say... Marcy, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, men, though. The first thing is you don't want to say that it's huge. Because now you're kind of making fun of the guy. You know what I'm saying? It's like he knows if he's less than a five. Right? So you don't want to say that it's huge. That's number one. Okay. You don't want to lie about how it feels. So you want to be open, keep open, honest relationships. There's other things, the ways of being intimate to bring about sexual satisfaction now i'm sure you don't say this don't feel good during that the act right you wait to an appropriate moment right or you provide that open communication to say what does feel good look at you you know what i'm saying oh, so you talk about what does feel good instead of what and in the course in that you be like you know what i prefer this way mm-hmm. i prefer and if you download ultimate intimacy it gives you a lot of different ways <laughs> that you could do it it's got diagrams and everything i love it but um thirdly don't give it a nickname don't be like oh it's so cute <laughs> <laughs> oh it's so cute okay. <laughs> little peanut <laughs> don't do that so that's one of the things you don't want to do right 
don't make a joke like we just did. <laughs> so just what you don't want to do is just you don't want to make a joke about it about because this is your partner, right? This is your partner in life. This is someone that you really want to be with and you want to make things work. What if it ain't your partner in life? Well, I guess it don't matter. I mean, it's just about the respect level then. You know what I'm saying? So that happens. Because there's a lot of people out here that's just, um, um. And that goes into no, the next one. No, don't say we, we. We're not talking about we, we. <laughs> and that goes into the next one. Don't tell your friends. So if that ain't your partner in life, the first thing people do is what? Go tell their friends. <laughs> but like, you would never believe this Nigga, hell. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? That's the first thing they do is go tell their friends, right? So number six, don't bring it up in the fight. Of course, when you get, yes, Tanisha, Ultimate Intimacy. That's the name of the app. Download the app. It even has conversations, guys. Like, we've been married 15 years. Sometimes I might look at the Ultimate Intimacy app to see what kind of conversation I want to start with her. You know what I'm saying? After 15 years, you just be like, man, we done talked about everything. Let me see what they say. <laughs> we never did this position before. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, and number seven, don't cheat. So, one of the things is... Don't, don't cheat, like, don't go sleep with somebody else? Yeah, don't okay. go sleep with somebody else. Cause, that one's a given, right? <laughs> well, it is a given. But when there's no open communication... That's what happens. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So when there's no open communication, what people do, when they just don't talk about it at all, they go and try to seek fulfillment somewhere else. We're living in a modern day technology age. Mm -hmm. People are having surgeries, whatever they need to do. You know, people are getting vaginal tightenings and, and all this stuff. So if you Penis actually... enhancements. Yeah, penis enhancements. Which I ain't really there know are, a thing. There are things that people can do. And if you're in a serious, serious situation, you need to open up those lines of communication. Yeah, there's even a penis pumper. Yeah, we've seen that on a reality show. On Bling Empire. <laughs> like, I didn't know that she was She woke thinking. me up like, what a penis pumper? I'm like, what did you wake me up asking me about? Like, what? I don't you know. know. People out there pumping their penis. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure that out too. Like, does it put air in it or something? <laughs> I think it just pulls all the blood up mm. that way. Kind of helps you out. Oh. But I think. What that mouth do? <laughs> what? Don't do it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So at the end of the day, I think when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to dissatisfaction. The first thing is you actually have to have a conversation. Like you have to be transparent and get real about what's really going on. So how do you bring up that conversation? Well, I I'm talking to the therapist right now. How do you bring up that conversation, Miss Therapist? Well, first of all, I I don't think that it should be brought up in the moment. I think what you recommended was a really good thing. Like instead of focusing on the negative or the the dissatisfaction, focusing on what works for you or what feels good but i also think giving directions is okay like saying hey do this you know what i'm saying or hey i like this or can you do more of this you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying i think it's important to be able to do that but you also this got to be somebody you you know can do that with like if this is just a one night stand or Somebody who you ain't even really conversing with, y'all just smashing and 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 y'all. Well, you definitely should be able to do it with them though. 
Like, hey, look, I need you to do this. Yeah, but people sometimes people's <laughs> egos are fragile. Yeah. And so I think it, you got to know who you working with. And if you don't know who you working with because y'all just cut buddies or whatever y'all, whatever y'all calling each other, then it's hard to have those conversations. But if this is a person you're in a serious relationship with or you're married to, because honestly, at, at this age and stage in my life, I'm recognizing the importance of having a... Uh, minimal partners you know what i'm saying and so i think you got to be able to have that conversation and it's going back to what i said like when you originally told me about you know this conversation or you know what do you do if you're sexually dissatisfied because a person is not physically meeting your needs one of the things i thought about is how you know well you know you know but it's like a lot of times, one of the things that's really a big issue is that that person is competing with somebody else. So it's just like if you've been sexually experienced or you've had someone that just blows your mind, you feel like it's blowing your back out of meeting all your fantasies. And, and that's and that's what happened in the conversation that I was having mm-hmm. with, with someone is that that's exactly what they were doing. It was a comparison. Yeah. You know, it was just like, well, so-and-so, you know, and, you know, I'd be thinking about so-and-so, and I'd be like, wow. You know, and I asked her that because we had that conversation. I said, do you think that your past experience is a hindrance on your um, your current relationship? I did not say it that eloquently at all. That just came out, man, that was good. I need to record that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she kind of got taken aback by what I said. She mm-hmm. paused and she was like, what you trying to say? Like, I slept with a lot of people. I was like, no, I'm not saying that. But Even if you just slept with two other people. But I do think that your past experience will can have a hindrance on your current relationship. Because you're, if you're not doing it consciously, sometimes you might be subconsciously comparing what you're now experiencing to what you had in the past. Yes. You know what I'm saying? It could have been years ago, but now you're looking at it like, mm, this don't feel the same. Yeah. This and, don't feel like could- Robert. To me, it <laughs> we miss robbers. <laughs> so it can get really deep because I think about soul ties and all that other spiritual stuff that you learn about being connected to other people. But even in a secular environment, right? When you learn about sex ed in school, they tell you when you sleep with somebody, you slept with all the you're sleeping with all the other people they slept with. Like that, if they telling you that in a school environment and they telling you that at church. It's got to be some truth. Now, they in, in sex education, they're telling you that from a health perspective. Like, if somebody else is carrying something, you're going to get whatever they got, right? But the other side to that is you got skeletons in your closet. So the number more, the, the, the more bodies you go through, the more bodies that your husband or your partner is competing with. Mm-hmm. And so I think when it boils down to to it and you're talking about dissatisfaction i think you gotta get to a place where you let go of your past sexual relationships Tanisha said something that like married life is where it can get really good it's a safe space when you can be vulnerable and, and that's a good point because one of the things i named early in my list is 
something that ends a relationship or a marriage is when you laugh off your partner's fetishes. But the reality is, if you are someone who's saying, I want this or I want to try this, your partner should be able to at least say, I can I can meet you here, but I can't do this. And let's, let's stop right there. Because that's very important. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes, you know, when you're married and we've been married as long as we have, you share very intimate details. You know what I mean? Then you get to that point of having that open communication. Be like, look, this is what I like. Mm-hmm. And then if they never come back to what you like, then that could be an issue. Like, I might not bring it up again because I'm like, I don't want to feel like I'm forcing her to like what I like. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I do want to understand that if I'm telling you I like this, that means something else is not, um, it's, there's something that I, I don't like or I'm not satisfied with. But I also think this is why having a transparent conversation is important. Because let me just give you like an example. An example of like say one of the partners, um, let's say the male wants to pull his wife's hair or you know bond her from you know put her arms behind her back or something if that person has had a sexually traumatic experience like Mm. rape or molestation you also have to respect that even though that's what you like and it might be a fetish or something that turn you on if that person has a traumatic past just going through the act even if they feel safe and comfortable with you can put them in a space where they become uh where they're in a mental right emotional crisis because the thing about the brain is it stores up things you never know when a a, a past thought or a feeling will come to the surface and so i think that's why you got to be transparent because you also need to try stuff like if you know that your partner has had a traumatic past, don't just go into pulling a hair or doing things like that. Like, you know, this is what I'm thinking about. Is this okay? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, it may trigger them. Yeah. Like Silk said. Yeah, yeah. It, may, it may trigger them. I mean, things <laughs> like putting your finger in their behind and, and, uh, and all kind of things. Like, mm-hmm. those things can really bring up some very traumatic experiences. So, this is why you have to have transparent, honest conversations. And if Do you think those conversations should happen before you have sex? Like before the first encounter? They should, but most people don't. They don't. And I mean, we're animals at the same time. A lot of times, we talked about this in mm-hmm. previous podcasts. We got pheromones and energy and things like that. And people get caught up in the moment, you know. And they end up going down this, this road where they're having sex. And then they find themselves in different situations, experiencing different things, whether it's good or bad. You know what I'm saying? But there's a lot of people who engage in sexual encounters that they just kind of happen to fall in those sexual encounters. They at a party, they having drinks because we talk about how, you know, when you drinking or you smoking or doing something that alters your state of mind, your, your, your state of being, you you're able to actually be a little bit more mindful, but you're not. Like, you get caught up in that person or in the moment, but you lose your other facilities, right? You lose your other senses. And so, people, are they get caught up in the moment. The energy good. We vibing. We dancing. I like the way this feels. I like the way this person's touching me. And then, before you know it, oh, the, the way they speaking to you. Like, like that little meme 
with uh Dexter, the cartoon from Cartoon Network, where they like say it again. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, he's saying just what you like, or she's saying just what you like. And this goes along with our topic, right? So I'm on the Ultimate Intimacy app. I don't know how well y'all can see that right there, but you can shuffle questions, right? And so I just pulled it up and I was like, you know, let's look at this question. It's almost like they listening to us. The question is, what rule? Because we know cell phones listen to us. What rule would you like to outlaw in our relationship? Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, these I are conversations. Looking at me like like you want to answer right now. I'm like, hold on, man. What is your biggest fear? So you can kind of relate those to your sexual experience before you even have the sexual encounter. Actually, it brings up a really good conversation because when you're me first meeting someone, that's the thing you want to do is have a very engaging conversation with them, right? Mm -hmm. So let's talk about what you do when there's a desire discrepancy. Like one person has a higher sex drive than the other person. Um, I I think it's important to talk about that. I actually uh, found when I was doing my homework for the assignment and a good um, suggestion. So basically... This suggestion came from a sex therapist where she was just talking about common things when couples come in specifically regarding them having issues in the bedroom. And it's very common for women to come in and say they don't care if they ever have sex again mm. or they have no desire to have sex. How common is that? I think it's really common. And there's and not only is that very common, but men don't realize it's really common that women don't orgasm or they fake orgasm. Mm. A lot of women have never experienced an orgasm. Mm-hmm. And so this particular therapist, when it comes to a you know, somebody coming in session talking about oh, her let's, I don't mean to cut you off, but I want to talk about that for a split second. Which part? About women not experiencing orgasm. Uh-huh. And the effect that they can have on the male counterpart. So if, I, if they know that the woman's not yeah, but if they know, yeah. So I think that also can lead to this because I read this in my research as well. Mm-hmm. So when one partner doesn't feel like he can satisfy, and their definition of satisfy is making them have an orgasm, if they making don't feel peak. like if they don't feel like they can make that happen, they feel like they failed at the act. Mm-hmm. So what we've learned is that it's not a failure. The actual experience is what a lot of women are looking for. So just yes. keep that top of mind for the men that are watching. They're looking for the experience. Now, you keep how does that me. fail? <laughs> how does I'm just saying, though, like, think about it. Like, if it was me and I couldn't make you pee, I would feel some kind of way. Like, I'd be trying everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, but that's I need where... to figure out what's, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like, man, I, I need to train something. You know what I'm saying? Something needs to happen. So you're saying there's women that don't do that at all? Yeah. Period? There's women. And sometimes it's not always a result of the partner. Sometimes it can be something that's physiological or physical, mm. right? So basically, Interesting. I'm going to read this little snippet from this article. But she said, I commonly hear this statement from married women at, at their first session with me. I reframe this dilemma as a discrepancy in the couple's definition of what sex means. It says, most often, the high-desire partner defines it as intercourse. They define sex as intercourse, which sex is not the end, or intercourse, physical intercourse is not the end-all, be-all of sex. Sex is deeper than just the physical act of a man inserting his penis in a, a woman's vagina. Um, so the goal is orgasm. We learned that with Bill Clinton. <laughs> 
The goal is orgasm. Y'all didn't know that was sex until Bill Clinton. (laughs) And good sex is defined as a good performance. I see hope in the wife's eyes as I begin to shift the definition into the pleasure model of sex. That is sexuality. The pleasure model. The pleasure model, which is sexuality is energy and can be expressed so many ways, but not limited to genital performance. The goal is pleasure, and the vehicle of pleasure is touch with no particular art, no particular activity or outcome expected. It is not a matter of chemistry and plumbing working properly, but a matter of connection, relaxation, and feeling safe. Hearing this is often very freeing for both partners. And the reason why it's freeing is because men, again, like Lamar said, when a woman doesn't orgasm or a woman doesn't pee, they automatically take ownership of that woman's orgasm when sometimes it may be that you've not created experience for her to feel safe or for her to be in a place where she is present and in the moment and that is really important like men are from mars women are from venus ain't that what they say Mm -hmm. men are from mars women are from venus and the way our bodies are designed and the way our our bodies function is just inherently different women we have to be hold on women have to be in a good mental and emotional (laughs) good mental and emotional place and I know that Lamar mentioned this all the time like women we think that if you touch a man he ready to go but it's more it's more mechanics for both people there has to be an experience for both people to feel safe and for both people to be present in the in the moment for sex to be effective that's why that's why women can't orgasm sometimes without penetration there can be vaginal stimulation there can be mental and emotional stimulation there can be touching of other parts of the body and a woman can pee um and I don't know about men because I can't I can't really talk to that. I can talk from a woman because I'm a woman. But I can talk to her just from my profession. So but you, you a man too. Yeah. You, you ain't professional. I'm a man. What? <laughs> yes, you I'm ain't a just man. a professional. I'm man. a man. <laughs> but um So speaking, you know, I've massaged over fifteen thousand people now in my career. So I've seen a lot and um I've learned a lot. And I'm a professional in that aspect. Um, So I've even had to teach younger therapists who've come under me um, and who were offended when men get erections on the massage table. And, you know, and some people got offended, like, like, how dare he? So I had to explain her, like, look, you go to school to become a master of touch. You are touching this man like he has never touched, been touched before in his life. Not even by his spouse who he's been married to for 20 years. And it's an involuntary response that happens for us, right? Um, so I think once I explained it to her, as long as this man is not trying to be inappropriate with you at that moment, sometimes that's something that he cannot control. Just like a cool breeze. So I mean, want you nipples to... get hard if the wind blow. If they, though, I mean, if they encounter cool air, and the same thing happens with men. If mm-hmm. they encounter a cool breeze, they can have an erection. So, um, like you mentioned in that, the passage you just read, providing a safe space, mm-hmm. which is what we do, providing a de-stressing, relaxing environment, 
which is what we do. Connecting. Pro connecting with them, which is what we do. Providing touch without expectations. Or any outcome. Or any outcomes. Mm -hmm. We do all of those things. And if you do all of those things and expect a person not to feel a certain way, then, you it's know. It's unrealistic. It's kind of unrealistic, right? So you have to be the professional at that time and explain to your client why you feel this way. Another thing and another thing that I want to do is encourage you all to do the same at home. And that's why I believe more men, specifically black men, need to get massage therapy because they need to know what their wives are feeling when they go to the spa. So a lot of people send their wives and their girlfriends and their partners to the spa and they get this deep relaxation. It's a stress free. So, guys, I'm going to tell you this. Once you do learn and start massaging your female, your partners or male or female partners, do it without expectations because then that will give a relief to your partner. They want to they don't want to feel like every time you go and massage their feet, you're expecting to have sex. Because then they have to play that in their head. They're like, okay, now I got Especially gotta... if you're the low-desiring partner. Yes. It's like, now I got to get in the mood. Okay, he massaging my feet. Okay. She massaging my or feet. Or she massaging my feet. I already know she want to have sex, right? Um, instead of doing that, give them a massage with no expectations. And once you do that over and over again, you won't even have to ask for it. And I think a lot of us don't realize how much people are deficit of touch because mm -hmm. something that happens in a lot of relationships, especially marriages specifically, is um, <laughs> Clem said he a natural masseuse. Now you, you even spelled it wrong, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we got you, Clem. We know we know you over there working them kinks out to you. Hey, but that's good that you're even doing it, Clem. You know what I'm saying? Because we'll find that a lot of guys don't even attempt. And or women, for that matter. Why you, know you pointing at me? Why are you pointing at me? Because she don't like to massage my feet. I, I don't do feet. So if I massage feet, and I have massaged his feet, it is an act of love. Tanisha <laughs> <laughs> says she need more massages, Clem. And without the expectation. Without the expectation that you're going to get some, Clem. <laughs> Just give him a massage and leave. <laughs> go sit on couch, watch TV. Yeah, go watch the football. Grab you an ice pack or something. Or something. Um, well, get very familiar with your hand or something. Hey. Um, okay. Um, and Tanisha said she need to get better at massaging. Yes, Tanisha. If Clem giving out the massages, you got to return them sometimes. Return the favor. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So Reciprocity. Like that's, the, that's the word for the day. Reciprocity. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> I said, hold on about that last part. Now. I ain't got to do all that now. I'm married. He, got, he, he expect the outcome. <laughs> and don't let it go for free. Mm -hmm. So I think at the end of the day, though, what I was about to say is about touch. You know, a lot of us don't recognize how we are void of touch or how little touch some of us feel. Mm hmm. <laughs> We ain't fooling with y'all. Yeah, y'all on one tonight. Tanisha and Clem on one, for real. Go ahead. But when you go periods of time without touch, I think 
what you were speaking to about a massage sometimes people don't expect to experience what they experience when they have someone touch them you know like as a therapist they really discourage physical touch in therapy but i'm as not mental health therapist. as yes and as a licensed professional counselor one of the things they talk to you about is being careful about touching your clients because touch can be perceived in so many ways especially if you have a history of violent or aggressive touch like rape or molestation but what i found is that i'm very careful about touch especially with kids because most of my client my therapy has been with kids but a lot of times that's the one thing that clients need because if you've only been handled in a very aggressive way you've only been raped you've only had experienced violent touch you don't know how to distinguish touch you don't know the difference between a touch that has no expectation or that is friendly or that is is um loving and the the difference in a touch that is violent or um, is crossing your your boundary and so i found that sometimes something as simple as you know putting your hand on a person's shoulder or hugging them like when a client is in a very bad spot but you you have to get permission too i'll say something as simple as do you mind if i come sit by you do you mind if i hug you because the reality is touch is important and we all require physical touch and so Let's, I want to kind of switch the conversation to talking and really talking about intimacy, right? Because we spent a lot of time talking about sexual dissatisfaction and just talking about sex in general. But I made the statement that sex, that's one of our tips of the day, right? One of our tips of the day is sex is not the end all be all, meaning sexual intercourse that in order to experience sex or be completely satisfied there has to be some level of intimacy and sometimes that requires no penetration sometimes it may be um stimulation but that stimulation could be physical it could be emotional and it can be mental and one of the things i found with women that's especially important when it comes to the actual physical act of sex meaning penetration is that if we are dissatisfied with you mentally or emotionally, it could be something very big. Like you hurt us in some type of way, like being unfaithful or demeaning. But it could also be small. It could be something minor like... You I didn't actually, cook. Yeah, you didn't cook. You didn't wash my car. Or you... you my car dirty. He just saying that because I had him wash my car yesterday. <laughs> Somebody be pity. Somebody come get him. <laughs> but... It could be something as simple as I asked you to do this or you communicated that you were going to do this and this was my expectation and then you didn't meet my expectation and I had to pull your slack. Like for us as women, we are very mental, emotional and spiritual beings. And for us, sex starts way before you get in the bedroom. And it's important that men recognize that. But it's also important for us as women to recognize that men have that aspect too. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important, guys, especially for us, is to open, be open, and have these communications. Open to the being open to the communication to even speak about your sexual interaction, right? So, um, for instance, I, when doing the research, I found that in India, over thirty percent of the marriages end in divorce because of sexual dissatisfaction. 
but it's a big taboo to talk about sex. So in India, 73% of the women are dissatisfied. Well, in India, there's also still a lot of arranged marriages, too. Yeah. So, so, and and then, they got to be pure when they get married. And they also, uh, they, they, don't, they don't talk about sex. Like, they don't educate them about sex. Now, I don't know how recent it is, and I don't want to generalize like that. But that's just from the articles that I read, right? And um, Can we out of that 73% of the women that was dissatisfied, when they asked the men, over 98% of the men, or was it 93 to 98% of the men said that they sexual, uh, <laughs> their sexual lifestyle was like great. So that just shows you where you are in lack of communication. Well, can I say something about that? Because everybody's been talking about this show, uh, Br Bridgerton? Bridgerton. Bridgerton, right? And in Bridgerton, the main character... Her mother does not prepare her for sex. So she has this... He was a rake. She, she, yeah. She she knows nothing about sex. And so when she goes into the relationship, for one, I mean, some of it, some of the show is kind of unrealistic, but... Houseway. Well, is the, well I'm not going to get into okay. that. But some of the show is unrealistic in that this person goes from... You know, not knowing anything about sex and this person being completely unappealing to everything is turning them on. And, and that I'm not saying that doesn't happen. But what I'm saying is when you have not had conversations surrounding sex and sexual ex what to expect in sex, it can be very difficult for women, especially in societies where sex is presented as for the man. You know, what I'm saying like in the church we found that a lot of times sex, the way it's explained to women and men in the church is that sex is for the man. It doesn't really say that women, that they're to enjoy sex. It focuses a lot on purity and keeping yourself for the sake of a man. But it, the way all of it is framed as if that this is important to the male, it never really focuses on the importance of keeping yourself for the wife. I mean, it talks about the immoral woman, but it doesn't talk about the immoral woman from a sexual, um, from from a sexually dissatisfied place, if that makes sense, or the sexual experience place. So do you think in today's society, though, it's the same? Because if you think about hip-hop, no, no. But if you oh. think about, like, well, at the church, too. But <laughs> if you think about hip-hop culture and how explicit women tend to be, about their desires, do you think it's realistic for one? And What's do you realistic? think, like, I don't know the name some of these lyrics, but like I think the first person I could think of was Cardi B and the other Meg the Stallion, and I'm like the things that they say that are very vulgar and you know what they're gonna do to their man and all of this and that. Do, how do you, what kind of effect do you think that's having on the? The younger girls in our society, or it's, it's the miseducation of the it's the miseducation of society when it comes to sex because sex is not just about physical pleasure; it is also about mental and emotional and spiritual stimulation. Tanisha said, "Wop." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And see, what I think now is that with those the, the lyrics and everything, it's, it feels like to me. And let me know if you guys agree. But it feels like the women are trying to take the male role, what has been traditionally the male role. They're it's also like the trying male to take role. ownership of their bodies. Because yeah. let me tell you, statistically, women who get raped or sexually molested or people, 
but this is especially true for women. If you have been a victim of rape or sexual molestation, a lot of times those victims become promiscuous, but they become promiscuous because what they do is they convince themselves is if I put it out there, no one else can take that power from me. So mm. what you're seeing in society when it comes to WAP, like uh, artists like Meg Thee Stallion and Cardi B, a lot and a lot of them get bad reps, but they get bad reps because people don't see they're taking ownership of something that really is theirs. So you think it's a positive thing? I'm not saying it's necessarily a positive thing because I think I think it's it's tainted. I I understand the thought behind it. The thing is. You can't make me feel bad about something I own. The fact that I enjoy it. Ooh, I'm sorry. This is, <laughs> I seen somebody post this earlier. And what we're talking about right now directly relates to this, right? So, um, a friend of mine on Facebook posted an old Ebony magazine cover, right? Sure. I need to read that, too. Okay, <laughs> but, we, but, but we showing the folks. So she posted an old Ebony magazine cover, right? And you didn't show her name and everything. But anyway. Um, oh, sorry, boo. It's, it's an old Ebony magazine from the 80s, right? It says the black woman of the 80s. Independent, aggressive, and alluring, right? What every black woman should know about black men. Sexual freedom in the now woman. Single and loving it. And this was in the 80s. You know what I'm saying? So what you just talked about, about there's, you know, I don't disagree with you about owning your body and owning all of that. Everybody should own their own person, right? But how has that affected the way, like in our past podcast, we talk about the single black woman. And this, and I was kind of shocked because we're at an age now and it's 2021, black women trying to figure out how not to be single. Mm -hmm. And then when I seen this article, it's like single and loving it. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, I was like, wow, I was blown away by that. I was like, I'm going to have to bring this up tonight some kind of way. Because I think the disconnect is the misogyny of society. And that's a whole nother podcast. I don't consider myself a feminist. I consider myself a womanist. Um, thank you, Mr. Baskin, for helping me like define who I am through that term, right? Um, but at the end of, I'm not gonna say that again. When it comes down to it, men don't recognize that throughout the ages, right? Centuries, women have been seen as um, something that is possessed or owned. And what a lot of men today don't like is that women they ain't trying to be, yeah, you got some women who are trying not to be single, but they ain't wanting to be owned. They ain't wanting to be nobody's position. You know what I'm saying? Like, they want to be able to be their own person and they want to join with you. It's a difference mm. in joining with someone and being owned by someone. I remember my mom saying something back in the day. I forget who she was talking to. But she was like, you can't do the same. She wasn't talking to me. She was talking to another woman. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you can't do the same thing they do. She was like, it's just, it's not going to work for women. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, as a woman, you can't go out there and do the same thing that men do. Mm -hmm. Because it's not, at the end, it's not going to work out well for you. And we talked about that <laughs> last podcast. That is true. Because men can't handle women that do the same things. Mm. They won't, you know what I'm saying? They'll run through a lot back, of... I think this goes back to your earlier point. 
you saying your sexual experience affect the way your current situation. Do you think all these dudes you ran through now leaves you dissatisfied and you just can't get But that's the same thing for men. Don't excuse it. Is, it. it is. It don't excuse it for men because mm. just because you was breaking Lisa's back and bending her over and throwing her against the wall and pulling her hair and choking her and spanking her and doing all this kind of stuff, then you get with another woman who is just like, what the hell? You know what I'm saying? So I think that mm. it's important to realize men don't think that things affect them the way that they affect women, but they do. Yeah. But they think that this is part of what it looks like to be a man. Mm -hmm. So it's it's the men have been miseducated throughout society as well, and so I think that when it boils down to it, getting back to the 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 meat of what we want to talk about is sexual dissatisfaction and intimacy. The lack of intimacy goes hand in hand, and so if you really want to make sure that both the man and the woman are um, experiencing satisfaction in their relationship that you have to focus on intimacy. So um, let's get to our tips of the day. Ready to do it? Let's do it. Let's do it. So I have three tips of the day and I've mentioned two of them already. Our tips of the day is get comfortable talking about sex. You got to be transparent when you're talking about sex. Go ahead. The, uh, the tip number two is stop thinking intercourse is the be-all and end-all of sex. Sex is like food. Intercourse is the entree. but And it can be served up like different recipes. But at the end of the day, in order to have an orgasm, is about the experience that leads to the end-all. Uh, the, the end leads to the entree, right? You might have an appetizer. You may have a drink. You may have some bread. That means there has to be some level of foreplay. There has to be something else prior to the actual act that leads to sex, right? And then sometimes if you and your partner are not on the same page, sometimes you need to schedule sex. And I know some people want things to be, you know, passion and heated, heat of the moment and ripping each other's clothes off. That's one of the things that I said was kind of unrealistic about um, Bridgerton, you know, yeah, there are times where that happens with men and women, right? In those real lusty situations. But when you've been married for 10 years and you done popped out several kids and y'all busy and you you got emails to respond to, clothes to wash and fold, or he got a business to tend to or clients he tended to, it's hard to have those in the passion moments. Sometimes you have to be very intentional about saying we love each other so much. We want to make sure that we don't lose this part of our relationship. And that and that it can be a build up, you know, when you schedule it. Personally, that was something that I was not feeling, you know. So it was like I've never. I told myself intentionally. I never get to the point where I'm going to schedule that. You and know I'd what be I mean? like, let me pencil you in on Tuesday. And, you know, it was, but I also learned that it can be a buildup, right? So if I know Tuesday come around and it's that time, I'm about to mess with you all Tuesday morning. You know what I'm saying? We about, I'm about to mess with you all Tuesday. It's going to be a buildup until <laughs> Tuesday, Tuesday night. Tuesday, you know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's going to be, so to me, it's like, it's been happening all day. <laughs> yeah. So, 
Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you for telling us what you gonna do. <laughs> I think it's important that when it comes to sex, that you really understand to the way that your partner is feeling and what they're experiencing during sex. And the only way you can do that is by really having candid conversations. Because just like you really fall in love with someone when you get to know them, you can really meet somebody's needs when you really get to know them sexually. Like, what is it that they desire? What don't they like? You know what I'm saying? Why do they respond this way when you do this? Why do they seem to turn down or turn off when you do this, but then they seem to really get excited or um, seem to make more noise or whatever when you do this? And you have to understand that intimacy is not just what happens once you decide that you're going to get into the act. Intimacy is, it could be something as simple as taking a task off their plate. It could be something as simple as sending them flowers or telling them they look beautiful or just affirming them in a moment where they're feeling discouraged. Like foreplay is not just touching, licking, you know, smacking. I'm just saying. Yeah. For, uh, I'm not, that, that one no shade to you, baby. I'm not petty. You the one who be petty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Petty. He Mr. Petty. So, you have to understand that if you really want to enhance your sexual experience with your partner, it's about really getting to know that person, understanding what makes them happy, what turns them off, um, understanding what they need emotionally like we mentioned the love nudge app the, you need to know your partner's love language if you buying them these elaborate gifts and they love language ain't gift giving their love language is quality time you buy them gifts but they only get to spend an hour or two hours a week with you then that ain't that ain't their love language you know um it's it's really important that you know their love language and so Use those apps that we told you about. The Love Nudge, uh, Ultimate Intimacy, which is Lamar's, which, which is Lamar's favorite app. I'm raising my hand right now. Go ahead. <laughs> Ultimate Intimacy. The husband lies He's partially okay. reclined on the bed, the sofa or a recliner. The wife reclines on top with her back to his chest and her head to the side of his. Why are you reading it like it's so... <laughs> The husband wraps arms and legs around her in an intimate embrace. With his hands, he caresses her while he whispers loving and arousing words in her ear. <laughs> Y'all better get this out, man. Okay, he reads so, like he reads erotica. So let me tell you, though, the ultimate intimacy app, play games. This is my tip. You know, be open to playing games. Be open to role play. Be open to, you know, different things that bring excitement. Um, to the area, yeah, you know, we might schedule sex every once in a while, but also it could be some impromptu stuff going on too every once in a while. Some things just happen because the energy is there, the magic is there, the chemistry is there, and then it just happens. And that's, and I would encourage you to let it happen. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? When you when you have all those boxes checked, mm -hmm. don't not let it happen because oh we in the kitchen and it's the middle of the day. You know what I'm saying? If both of y'all are feeling it and both of the energy is there, 
let it happen. And scheduling sex don't mean you always have to let your partner know that you're scheduling sex. Scheduling sex can say, I know on this day I'm going to have little things to do. I know that this person will be there and be available. As far as you know, they may not have anything on their plate, but you can schedule sex. You can schedule to do something that is fetishy, meets their, you know, their fantasy or their desire. You don't always have to inform the partner that you schedule to have sex on that. And you got to switch up your schedule. So if you are scheduling sex and not informing your partner, don't schedule it for every Tuesday at nine. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to schedule it, sometimes schedule it Tuesday at 9. Sometimes schedule it Sunday at 3 o'clock because you know Sundays are a good day for, for you, you know. So, and also have, I think it's good to have a signal, right? I think it's like we seen, I can't remember, this was years ago. Pineapple. Seen, Pineapple. Not that signal. But <laughs> um, I, we seen years ago where this lady was using a pillow. And on the pillow, it was two different colors. I think the pillow had words on it, but it was in their bedroom. So if the pillow was flipped one way, just say the pillow was flipped to the red side, that means it was okay for intercourse that night. It was flipped on the black side. It mean no-go. That mean no-go for the night. And that kind of gives the male or the partner an idea of what not to expect. What to expect and what not to expect that night, right? Um... I mean, other symbols could be like my wife does something that signifies to me that it's okay. I don't want to say what it is. You know what I'm saying? But, um, so, but you know what I'm saying? So sometimes when I see that, I'd be like, okay. You know what I'm saying? And when I don't see it, I'd be like, I need to see it soon. <laughs> I need to see it soon. I need, like, <laughs> I want to keep not seeing it. Like every day. You need to become like this every day. <laughs> I'm about to start making my own signals. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but th that's an excellent tip, though, because what you want to do. How you going to pat yourself on the back? <laughs> it's an excellent tip because what can happen uh, is that it can lead to sexual frustration, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Same signal, dog. <laughs> we better, we better wrap this up. That's why I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> oh God! Go ahead, yeah. sir. Go ahead, sir. What you, Jesus. what you about to say? Oh, uh, <laughs> I forgot, man. Tanisha, you right. You right. <laughs> oh my God! That is so funny, my <laughs> We're going to need to turn that comments off. Man, what? What were I about to say, man? I don't know. Too. Oh. 
it could lead to uh, it could lead to frustration, right? So you can come come home expecting something that's not gonna happen, and actually the research we found is that it can lead to anger, frustration, depression, arguments, feeling of unworthiness, all of these things. But you can use a simple signal to help them realize. Uh, <laughs> it's all right, y'all. It's all good. Yeah, it's all good, man. We've been open and transparent, ain't that? We we all grown here. But um, yeah, that's all I was gonna say. Yeah. So we appreciate y'all tuning in. This has been a very fun conversation. Yeah. Um, I know that a lot of times it seems taboo. Um to talk about sex and intimacy. And I'm going to be honest, a lot of people are experiencing sexual dissatisfaction or they're not happy because they're not willing to have transparent conversations. You know, I think I mentioned it, you know, if you grow up in a church, a lot of times you're not encouraged to talk about sex. Sex is supposed to be something that's private and in the bedroom. And that's true. Like what you do is is you know it's private what you do with your husband nobody's asking you to um put all your business out in the street but i i do think that it's really important that you have honest honest conversations about sex and that you go over and beyond to inform yourself about how to meet each other's needs that's why we gave you know gave you these uh app recommendations and that's why we having a transparent conversation it's not to you know put anybody on blast it's not to put our own business out there and say we think we're the authority figure on this it's really mostly to say hey if you're not happy in sex and after you've been married 15 years after you've been married 30 years you know you done tried a lot of things or should have tried a lot of things and if you are at the place where you're unhappy then you need to go exploring and you need to be having these conversations so i appreciate you guys um tuning in thanks tanisha <clears throat> and clem for uh making this a very fun experience we yeah appreciate, appreciate that for appreciate that mark Appreciate everybody that tuned in and come in. And we love to have interaction with you guys. It just makes the conversation better. Um, it lets us know that you're actually listening. Actually, um, also, down, don't forget to download our podcast on iTunes, um, Spotify, and Google Play. On your podcast player. This yeah. podcast will officially drop um, on the following Wednesday. So, next week it'll drop. Um, and, yeah. So... Until next time, live your best life. Living through your stress life. Bye.